0: chapter five of la ba by jory karl translated by Keen wallace this librivox recording is in the public domain come right in and get warm ah messieurs you must not do that any more said madame carr seeing durtal draw from his pocket some bottles wrapped in paper while des hermies placed on the table some little packages tied with twine you mustn't spend your money on us oh but you see we enjoy doing it madame Caray. And your husband he is in the tower since morning he has been going from one tantrum into another my the cold is terrible today said durtal and i should think it would be no fun up there oh he isn't grumbling for himself but for his bells take off your things they took off their overcoats and came up close to the stove it isn't what you would call hot in here said madame Carret, but to thaw this place you would have to keep a fire going night and day why don't you get a portable stove oh heavens that would asphyxiate us it wouldn't be very comfortable at any rate said des hermies for there's no chimney you might get some joints of pipe and run them out the window the way you have fixed this tubing but speaking of that kind of apparatus Durtal, doesn't it seem to you that those hideous galvanized iron contraptions perfectly typify our utilitarian epoch just think The engineer, offended by any object that hasn't a sinister or ignoble form, reveals himself entire in this invention. He tells us, you want heat, you shall have heat, and nothing else. Anything agreeable to the eye is out of the question. No more snapping, crackling wood fire, no more gentle, pervasive warmth. The useful without the fantastic. Ah, the beautiful jets of flame darting out from a red cave of coals and spurting up over a roaring log but there are lots of stoves where you can see the fire objected madame yes and then it's worse yet fire behind a grated window of mica flame in prison depressing ah those fine fires of faggots and dry vine stocks out in the country they smell good and they cast a golden glow over everything modern life has set that in order the luxury of the poorest of peasants is impossible in paris except for people who have copious incomes the bell-ringer entered every hair of his bristling moustache was beaded with a globule of snow with his knitted bonnet his sheepskin coat his fur mittens and goloshes he resembled a samoyed fresh from the pole i won't shake hands he said for i am covered with grease and oil what weather just think i've been scouring the bells ever since early this morning i'm worried about them why why you know very well that frost contracts the metal and sometimes cracks or breaks it Some of these bitterly cold winters we have lost a good many, because bells suffer worse than we do in bad weather. Wife, is there any hot water in the other room so I can wash up? Can't we help you set the table, des Hermes proposed. But the good woman refused. No, no, sit down. Dinner is ready. Mighty appetizing, said Durtal, inhaling the odor of a peppery pot au feu, perfumed with a symphony of vegetables, of which the keynote was celery everybody sit down said carhaix reappearing with a clean blouse on his face shining of soap and water they sat down the glowing stove purred durtal felt the sudden relaxation of a chilly soul dipped into a warm bath at Carhaix's, one was so far from paris so remote from the epoch the lodge was poor but cosy comfortable cordial the very table set country style the polished glasses the covered dish of sweet butter the cider pitcher the somewhat battered lamp casting reflections of tarnished silver on the great cloth contributed to the atmosphere of home next time i come i must stop at the english store and buy a jar of that reliable orange marmalade said durtal to himself for by common consent with des hermies he never dined with the bell ringer without furnishing a share of the provisions carret set out a pot au feu and a simple salad and poured his cider not to be an expense to him des hermies and durtal brought wine coffee liquor desserts and managed so that their contributions would pay for the soup and the beef which would have lasted for several days if the carrés had eaten alone this time i did it said madame carré triumphantly serving to each in turn a mahogany-coloured bouillon whose iridescent surface was looped with rings of topaz it was succulent and unctuous robust and yet delicate flavoured as it was with the broth of a whole flock of boiled chickens the diners were silent now their noses in their plates their faces brightened by steam from the savoury soup soup two selected dishes a salad and a dessert now is the time to repeat the chestnut dear to flaubert you can't dine like this in a restaurant said durtal let's not malign the restaurants, said des hermies they afford a very special delight to the person who has the instinct of the inspector i had an opportunity to gratify this instinct just the other night i was returning from a call on a patient and i dropped into one of these establishments where for the sum of three francs you are entitled to soup two selected dishes a salad and a dessert the restaurant where i go as often as once a month has an unvarying clientele hostile highbrows officers in mufti members of parliament bureaucrats while laboriously gnawing my way through a redoubtable soul with sauce au gratin i examined the habitués seated all around me and i found them singularly altered since my last visit they had become bony or bloated their eyes were either hollow with violet rings around them or puffy with crimson pouches beneath the fat people had become yellow and the thin ones were turning green more deadly than the forgotten benefices of the days of the avignon papacy the terrible preparations served in this place were slowly poisoning its customers i was interested as you may believe i made myself the subject of a course of toxicological research and studying my food as it went down i identified the frightful ingredients masking the mixtures of tannin and powdered carbon with which the fish was embalmed and i penetrated the disguise of the marinated meats painted with sauces the colour of sewage and i diagnosed the wine as being coloured with fusion perfumed with furforol and enforced with molasses and plaster i have promised myself to return every month to register the slow but sure progress of these people toward the tomb oh cried madame Carret. and you will claim said durtal that you aren't satanic see si, Carhaix he's at it already he won't even give us time to get our breath but must be dogging us about satanism it's true i promised him i'd try and get you to tell us something about it tonight. yes continued des hermies in response to Carhaix's look of astonishment yesterday durtal who is engaged as you know in writing a history of gilles de Rey, declared that he possessed all the information there was about diabolism in the middle ages i asked him if he had any material on the satanism of the present day he asked me what i was talking about and wouldn't believe that these practices are being carried on right now but they are replied Carhaix becoming grave it is only too true before we go any further there is one question i'd like to put to des hermies said durtal can you honestly without joking without letting that saturnine smile play around the corner of your mouth tell me in perfectly good faith whether you do or do not believe in catholicism hey exclaimed the bell-ringer why he's worse than an unbeliever he's a heresiarch the fact is if i was certain of anything i would be inclined toward manichaeism said des hermies it's one of the oldest and it is the simplest of religions and it best explains the abominable mess everything is in at the present time the principle of good and the principle of evil the god of light and the god of darkness two rivals are fighting for our souls that's at least clear right now it is evident that the evil god has the upper hand and is reigning over the world as master now and on this point Carhaix, who is distressed by these theories can't reprehend me i am for the underdog that's a generous and perfectly proper idea but manichaeism is impossible cried the bell ringer Two infinities cannot exist together. But nothing can exist if you get to reasoning. The moment you argue the Catholic dogma, everything goes to pieces. The proof that two infinities can coexist is that this idea passes beyond reason and enters the category of those things referred to in Ecclesiasticus, inquire not into things higher than thou, for many things have shown themselves to be above the sense of men manichaeism you see must have had some good in it because it was bathed in blood at the end of the twelfth century thousands of albigenses were roasting for practicing this doctrine of course i can't say that the manichaeans didn't abuse their cult mostly made up of devil worship because we know very well they did on this point i am not with them he went on slowly after a silence he was waiting till madame Carhaix, who had got up to remove the plates should go out of the room to fetch the beef while we are alone he said seeing her disappear through the stairway door i can tell you what they did an excellent man named cellus has revealed to us in a book entitled de operatione demonum the fact that they tasted of the two excrements at the beginning of their ceremonial and that they mixed human semen with the host horrible exclaimed carhaix oh as they took both kinds of communion they did better than that returned des they cut children's throats and mixed the blood with ashes and this paste dissolved in liquid constituted the eucharistic wine you bring us right back to satanism said durtal why yes as you see i haven't strayed off your subject i am sure monsieur des hermies has been saying something awful murmured madame Carhaix as she came in bearing a platter on which was a piece of beef smothered in vegetables oh madame protested Deshermies, They burst out laughing, and Carré cut up the meat, while his wife poured the cider and Durtal uncorked the bottle of anchovies. "'I am afraid it's cooked too much,' said the woman, who was a great deal more interested in the beef than in other world adventures, and she added the famous maxim of housekeepers, "'When the broth is good, the beef won't cut.' The men protested that it wasn't stringy a bit. It was cooked just right. "'Have an anchovy and a little butter with your meat, Monsieur Durtal.' Wife, let's have some of the red cabbage that you preserved, said Carhaix, whose pale face was lighted up, while his great canine eyes were becoming suspiciously moist. Visibly, he was jubilant. He was at table with friends, in his tower, safe from the cold. But empty your glasses. You're not drinking, he said, holding up the cider pot. Let's see, des Hermies, you were claiming yesterday that Satanism has pursued an uninterrupted course since the Middle Ages, said Durtal, wishing to get back to the subject which haunted him yes and the documents are irrefutable i'll put you into a position to prove them whenever you wish at the end of the fifteenth century that is to say at the time of gilles de ray to go no further back satanism had assumed the proportions that you know in the sixteenth it was worse yet no need to remind you i think of the demoniac factions of catherine de medici and of the valois of the trial of the monk jean de Vaux of the investigations of the Sprengers and the Langres, and those learned inquisitors who had thousands of necromancers and sorcerers roasted alive. All that is known, too well known. One case is not too well known for me to cite here, that of the priest Benedictus, who cohabited with the she-devil Armelina, and consecrated the hosts, holding them upside down. Here are the diabolical threads which bind that century to this in the seventeenth century in which the sorcery trials continue and in which the possessed of loudin appeared the black religion nourishes but already it has been driven under cover i will cite you an example one among many if you like a certain abbe guibourg made a specialty of these abominations on a table serving as tabernacle a woman lay down naked or with her skirts lifted up over her head and with her arms outstretched she held the altar-lights during the whole office thus celebrated masses on the abdomen of madame de montespan of madame d'argenson of madame de saint pont as a matter of fact these masses were very frequent under the grand monarch numbers of women went to them as in our times women flocked to have their fortunes told with cards the ritual of these ceremonies was sufficiently atrocious generally a child was kidnapped and burnt in a furnace out in the country somewhere the ashes were saved and mixed with the blood of another child whose throat had been cut and of this mixture a paste was made, resembling that of the Manicheans of which I was speaking. Abbé Guy-Bourg officiated, consecrated the host, cut it into little pieces, and mixed it with this mixture of blood and ashes. That was the material of the sacrament. What a horrible priest! cried Madame Carhaix, indignant. Yes, he celebrated another kind of Mass, too, that Abbé did. It was called... hang it, it's unpleasant to say... Say it, Monsieur des hermies, when people have as great a hatred for that sort of thing as we here, they need not blink any fact. It isn't that kind of thing which is going to take me away from my prayers. Nor me, added her husband. Well, this sacrifice was called the spermatic mass. Oh! Guibourg, wearing the alb, the stole and the maniple, celebrated this mass with the sole object of making pastes to conjure with. The archives of the Bastille inform us that he acted thus at the request of a lady named Desoyette. This woman, who was indisposed, gave some of her blood. The man who accompanied her stood patiently beside the bed where the scene took place, and Gibour gathered up some of his semen into the chalice, then added powdered blood and some flour, and after sacrilegious ceremonies the Desoyette woman departed bearing her paste. My heavenly saviour, sighed the bell ringer's wife, what a lot of filth. But, said Durtal, in the Middle Ages the Mass was celebrated in a different fashion. The altar then was the naked buttocks of a woman. In the seventeenth century it was the abdomen, and now... Nowadays a woman is hardly ever used for an altar, but let us not anticipate. In the eighteenth century we shall again find abbes, among how many other monsters, who defile holy objects. One canon, Duet, occupied himself specially with black magic and the evocation of the devil he was finally executed as a sorcerer in the year of grace seventeen eighteen there was another who believed in the incarnation of the holy ghost as the paraclete and who in Lombari, which he stirred up to a feverish pitch of excitement ordained twelve apostles and twelve apostolines to preach his gospel this man abbe beccarelli like all the other priests of his ilk abused both sexes and he said mass without confessing himself of his lecheries As his cult grew, he began to celebrate travestied offices in which he distributed to his congregation aphrodisiac pills, presenting this peculiarity that after having swallowed them, the men believed themselves changed into women and the women into men. The recipe for these hippomanes is lost, continued des hermies with almost a sad smile. To make a long story short, Beccarelli met with a very miserable end. He was prosecuted for sacrilege and sentenced in seventeen o eight to row in the galleys for seven years these frightful stories seem to have taken away your appetite said madame Carhaix. come monsieur des hermies a little more salad no thanks but now we've come to the cheese i think it's time to open the wine and he uncapped one of the bottles which durtal had brought it's a light chinon wine but not too weak i discovered it in a little shop down by the quay said durtal i see he went on after a silence that the tradition of unspeakable crimes has been maintained by worthy successors of Gilles de rey i see that in all centuries there have been fallen priests who have dared commit sins against the holy ghost but at the present time it all seems incredible surely nobody is cutting children's throats as in the days of bluebeard and of abbe Gibourg. you mean that nobody is brought to justice for doing it they don't assassinate now but they kill designated victims by methods unknown to official science Oh, if the confessionals could speak cried the bell-ringer but tell me what class of people are these modern covenanters with the devil prelates abbesses mission superiors confessors of communities and in rome the centre of present-day magic they are the very highest dignitaries answered des hermies as for the laymen they are recruited from the wealthy class that explains why these scandals are hushed up if the police chance to discover them then let us assume that the sacrifices to the devil are not preceded by preliminary murders. Perhaps in some cases they aren't. The worshippers probably content themselves with bleeding a foetus which had been aborted as soon as it became matured to the point necessary. Bloodletting is supererogatory anyway and serves merely to whet the appetite. The main business is to consecrate the host and put it to an infamous use. The rest of the procedure varies. There is at present no regular ritual for the black mass well then is a priest absolutely essential to the celebration of these offices? certainly only a priest can operate the mystery of transubstantiation i know there are certain occultists who claim to have been consecrated by the lord as saint paul was and who think they can consummate a veritable sacrifice just like a real priest absurd but even in default of real masses with ordained celebrants the people possessed by the mania of sacrilege do none the less realize the sacred stupration of which they dream listen to this in eighteen fifty five there existed at paris an association composed of women for the most part these women took communion several times a day and retained the sacred wafer in their mouths to be spat out later and trodden underfoot or soiled by disgusting contacts you are sure of it perfectly these facts were revealed by a religious journal les annales de la and the archbishop of paris could not deny them i add that in eighteen seventy four women were likewise enrolled at paris to practise this odious commerce they were paid so much for every wafer they brought in that explains why they presented themselves at the sacred table of different churches every day and that is not the half of it look said carré in his turn rising and taking from his bookshelf a blue brochurette here is a review la Voix de la Cetaine, dated eighteen forty three it informs us that for twenty-five years at Agen, a satanistic association regularly celebrated black masses and committed murder and polluted three thousand three hundred and twenty hosts and monseigneur the bishop of Agen, who was a good and ardent prelate never dared deny the monstrosities committed in his diocese yes we can say it among ourselves de Hermies returned in the nineteenth century the number of foul-minded abbés has been legion unhappily though the documents are certain they are difficult to verify for no ecclesiastic boasts of such misdeeds the celebrants of the deicidal masses dissemble and declare themselves devoted to christ they even affirm that they defend him by exorcising the possessed that's a good one the possessed are made so or kept so by the priests themselves who are thus assured of subjects and accomplices especially in the convents all kinds of murderous and sadistic follies can be covered with the antique and pious mantle of exorcism let us be just said carhaix the satanist would not be complete if he were not an abominable hypocrite hypocrisy and pride are perhaps the most characteristic vices of the perverse priest suggested durtal but in the long run des hermies went on in spite of the most adroit precautions everything comes out up to now i have spoken only of local satanistic associations but there are others more extensive which ravage the old world and the new for diabolism is quite up to date in one respect it is highly centralized and very capably administered there are committees subcommittees a sort of curia which rules america and europe like the curia of a pope the biggest of these societies founded as long ago as eighteen fifty five is the society of the re beneath an apparent unity it is divided into two camps one aspiring to destroy the universe and reign over the ruins the other thinking simply of imposing upon the world a demoniac cult of which it shall be high priest this society has its seat in america it was formerly directed by one longfellow an adventurer born in scotland who entitled himself grand priest of the new evocative magism for a long time it has had branches in france italy germany russia austria even turkey it is at the present moment moribund or perhaps quite dead but another has just been created the object of this one is to elect an anti-pope who will be the exterminating antichrist and those are only two of them how many others are there more or less important numerically more or less secret which by common accord at ten o'clock the morning of the feast of the holy sacrament celebrate black masses at paris rome Bruges constantinople nantes lyons and in scotland where sorcerers swarm then outside of these universal associations and local assemblies isolated cases abound on which little light can be shed and that with great difficulty some years ago there died in a state of penitence a certain comte de lautrec who presented several churches with statues which he had bewitched so as to satanize the faithful at bruges a priest of my acquaintance contaminates the holy ciboria and uses them to prepare spells and conjurments finally one may among all these cite a clear case of possession it is the case of Cantianil, who in eighteen sixty five turned not only the city of Auxerre but the whole diocese of Sens upside down this Contianil, placed in a convent of mont saint-sulpice was violated when she was barely fifteen years old by a priest who dedicated her to the devil this priest himself had been corrupted in early childhood by an ecclesiastic belonging to a sect of possessed which was created the very day louis the sixteenth was guillotined what happened in this convent where many nuns evidently mad with hysteria were associated in erotic devilry and sacrilegious rages with quantianile reads for all the world like the procedure in the trials of wizards of long ago the histories of Gaufredi and madeleine palud of urbain grandier and madeleine bavin or the jesuit girard and Lacadiere. histories by the way in which much might be said about hysteroepilepsy on one hand and about diabolism on the other at any rate contianil after being sent away from the convent was exorcised by a certain priest of the diocese Abbe abb who seems to have been contaminated by his patient soon at Auxerre, there were such scandalous scenes such frenzied outbursts of diabolism that the bishop had to intervene cantagnuil was driven out of the country abbé torret was disciplined and the affair went to rome the curious thing about it is that the bishop terrified by what he had seen requested to be dismissed and retired to fontainebleau where he died still in terror two years later my friends said carrée consulting his watch it is a quarter to eight i must be going up into the tower to sound the angelus don't wait for me have your coffee i shall rejoin you in ten minutes he put on his greenland costume lighted a lantern and opened the door a stream of glacial air poured in white molecules whirled in the blackness the wind is driving the snow in through the loopholes along the stair said the woman i am always afraid that louis will take cold in his chest this kind of weather oh well monsieur des hermies here is the coffee i point you to the task of serving it at this hour of day my poor old limbs won't hold me up any longer i must go lie down the fact is sighed des hermies when they had wished her good night the fact is that Mama carr is rapidly getting old i have vainly tried to brace her up with tonics they do no good she has worn herself out She has climbed too many stairs in her life, poor woman." -"All the same, it's very curious what you have told me," said Durtal. -"To sum up, the most important thing about Satanism is the black mass." -"That, and the witchcraft and incubacy and succubacy which I will tell you about. Or rather, I'll get another, more expert than I in these matters to tell you about them. Sacrilegious mass, spells and succubacy. There you have the real quintessence of Satanism." and these hosts consecrated in blasphemous offices what use is made of them when they are not simply destroyed but i already told you they are used to consummate infamous acts listen and Hermies took from the bell ringer's bookshelf the fifth volume of the mystique of gores here is the flower of them all these priests in their baseness often go so far as to celebrate the mass with great hosts which then they cut through the middle and afterwards glue to a parchment similarly cloven and use abominably to satisfy their passions holy sodomy in other words exactly at this moment the bell set in motion in the tower boomed out the chamber in which durtal and des hermies were sitting trembled and a droning filled the air It seemed that waves of sound came out of the walls, unrolling in a spiral from the very rock, and that one was transported, in a dream, into the inside of one of these shells which, when held up to the ear, simulate the roar of rolling billows. Des Hermies, accustomed to the mighty resonance of the bells at short range, thought only of the coffee, which he had put on the stove to keep hot. Then the booming of the bell came more slowly. The humming departed from the air. The window panes, the glass of the bookcase, the tumblers on the table, ceased to rattle and gave off only a tenuous tinkling. A step was heard on the stair. Carré entered, covered with snow. "'Christy, boys, it blows!' He shook himself, threw his heavy outer garments on a chair, and extinguished his lantern. There were blinding clouds of snow whirling in between the sounding shutters. I can hardly see. Dog's weather!' the lady has gone to bed good but you haven't drunk your coffee he asked as he saw durtal filling the glasses Carhaix went up to the stove and poked the fire then dried his eyes which the bitter cold had filled with tears and drank a great draught of coffee now that hits the spot how far had you got with your lecture des hermies i finished the rapid expose of satanism but i haven't yet spoken of the genuine monster the only real master that exists at the present time that defrocked abbe oh exclaimed carré take care the mere name of that man brings disaster Bah! canon d'ocre to utter his ineffable name can do nothing to us i confess i cannot understand why he should inspire any terror but never mind i should like for durtal before we hunt up the cannon, to see your friend Gevingy, who seems to be best and most intimately acquainted with him a conversation with Gvingey would considerably amplify my contributions to the study of Satanism, especially as regards venefices and succubacy. Let's see, would you mind if we invited him here to dine? Carhaix scratched his head, then emptied the ashes of his pipe on his thumbnail. Well, you see, the fact is, we have had a slight disagreement. What about? Oh, nothing very serious. I interrupted his experiments here one day but pour yourself some liqueur monsieur durtal and you des hermies why you aren't drinking at all and while lighting their cigarettes both sipped a few drops of almost proof cognac carret resumed j'évingie who though an astrologer is a good christian and an honest man whom indeed i should be glad to see again wished to consult my bells that surprises you but it's so bells formerly played quite an important part in the forbidden science the art of predicting the future with their sounds is one of the least-known and most disused branches of the occult. gvingey had dug up some documents and wished to verify them in the tower. Why, what did he do? How do I know? He stood under the bell, at the risk of breaking his bones, a man of his age on the scaffolding there. He was halfway into the bell, the bell like a great hat, you see, coming clear down over his hips, and he soliloquized aloud and listened to the repercussions of his voice, making the bronze vibrate. He spoke to me also of the interpretation of dreams about bells. According to him, whoever in his sleep sees bells swinging is menaced by an accident. If the bell chimes, it is presage of slander. If it falls, ataxia is certain. If it breaks, it is assurance of afflictions and miseries. Finally, he added, I believe, that if the night-birds fly around a bell by moonlight, one may be sure that sacrilegious robbery will be committed in the church, or that the curate's life is in danger. Be all that as it may, this business of touching the bells, getting up into them, and you know they're consecrated, of attributing to them the gift of prophecy, of involving them in the interpretation of dream, an art formerly forbidden in Leviticus, displeased me, and I demanded somewhat rudely that he desist. But you did not quarrel? No, and I confess I regret having been so hasty. Well, then I will arrange it. I shall go see him. Agreed? Said des Hermies. By all means with that we must run along and give you a chance to get to bed seeing that you have to be up at dawn oh at half past five for the six o'clock angelus and then if i want to i can go back to bed for i don't have to ring again till a quarter to eight and then all i have to do is sound a couple of times for the curate's mass as you can see i have a pretty easy thing of it hmm exclaimed durtal if i had to get up so early it's all a matter of habit but before you go won't you have another little drink no really well good-night he lighted his lantern and in single file shivering they descended the glacial pitch-dark winding stair End of chapter five